0: Today, I'm talking to Ari Ashfar with Compass Los Angeles. Doing over $130 million in transactions a year, Ari runs a large successful team. A master of real estate and systems, a little over 10 years ago, in 2008, Ari founded Lexington Realty and became one of eight real estate agents nationwide selected for Bank of America's Realtor Roundtable. As a member of this exclusive group, He helped Bank of America shape their short sale systems and processes. In 2011, Ari merged with Lexington Realty with the Caldwell Banker Beverly Hills North Office. Building on his talents in systems and technology from 2011 to 2014, Ari launched and ran social media marketing, real estate web development, and mobile app building companies. In 2014, it was time to bring his passions together where he would best thrive. That's where he began conversations with Compass. He combined his passions for real estate and technology and became the founding agent for Compass Los Angeles. Once established with Compass, he quickly built what is now a large, strong team. We talk about mindset, lessons learned in business, and how he built a big and strong team fast. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody. It's the Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we have Ari Ashar in LA with Compass. Ari, welcome to the show.
1: Jerry, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to do this and I know that it has been a, a few tries where we've tried to, tried to align schedules just to make this happen. So I'm glad no, it's we found That's a good problem. Yeah, it is, it is. Both busy.
0: Glad that you're, glad you're finally here. Glad we're finally together. Um, tell us a little bit about everybody. First of all, Ari was the first agent in, on the West Coast where we're talking about, you're in a market where I think there's 40% market share now with Compass.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, I, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's, it's certainly a, a very, very large number. And, you know, it's, it, it's continuing to grow rapidly. So,
0: And Ari was the first agent to sign. Um, and here we are, how many years later?
1: It's over four years. Wow. And that over was back
0: years. in 2000?
1: 2000 november of 2000 november 4th 2015 we officially launched and uh i will never forget the day i was actually just texting with rob rufkin uh the other day about it and yeah i've got the video it was like eight of us in a room together not knowing where things were going to lead but we were all committed and uh it's a crazy story you know it's one that i actually believed was going to happen but i just don't think that anybody could have anticipated how rapidly uh, we would be able to get to where we are right now. And in LA, I'd say Compass is the company that people are talking most about. Um, And so it's been, it's been quite phenomenal.
0: Wow. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, and that'll come back into play. I know, how did you get into real estate? What led up to it? And how did you get where you are now? And we're going to, I would love to dig into your team, Um, Let's start with where you are now. What do you look like now? And then let's give your story.
1: Sure. Uh, So we are a 20-person team now. Uh, We have about 15 agents, four staff and myself. Uh, The team is uh, just agents from various parts of Los Angeles. So we do Um. genuinely cover all over LA. Uh, And it's a vast territory, but we've got experts that essentially are hyper-local to each market. Uh, I grew up in Beverly Hills. Uh, I know the areas surrounding it very well, and I feel like the areas that I don't know well, I needed to align myself with the best people who who could ultimately help us as a team grow. Uh, and so that's what we've done. And then from a staff, we have an operations manager. Uh, we have a sales director who is responsible for covering, you know, the agents and just making sure that they are getting what they need and, and performing, uh, to their own standards as well as to ours. We've got a marketing person in-house and we also have a, uh, just a regular admin who kind of works on all of the littles that helps make it all flow pretty well.
0: Wow. So operating manager, sales manager, marketing in-house and admin. So we're going to go revisit that. But before sure. we do, before we go dig deep, Let's talk about you, because you've only been in business since 2014, and you've already got a very successful team of 20 agents. How did you get into it? And give us your story.
1: So I got into it out of sheer necessity, uh, if I'm being totally honest. I I wasn't the kind of kid who grew up and said, you know, I want to grow up selling property. You know, it's just my dream. I I had a company. It was in the tech world, and it failed, and it was a, a very high fall. Um, and had a wife and kid. I still have a wife and kid, but they were, you know, it was brand new at the time, two kids now. Uh, but at the time I had a newborn and my tech company had just failed. Uh, I went from, it was basically a 200 person operation. And, um, and then the next day it went to just me having to figure out how I'm going to provide for my family with no savings, nothing really. And so, uh, I went door knocking because I said to myself, you know, I've got a real estate license. What can I do with it? And so I started knocking on doors in Beverly Hills and I got every single response that you would expect by knocking on doors in Beverly Hills, which are, you know, uh, uh, get off my property to aren't you embarrassed to, you know, Ari, is that you? I went to high school with you. I mean, you can only imagine how demoralizing it felt for me. Yeah. But when you don't have a choice, you know, you just got to keep doing it, right? Because I yeah. couldn't think of any better way to, to provide, you know, at that, at that exact moment. So I did that. We got some success. I got some success early on. And I was able to, uh, through that time, uh, hire an assistant to essentially mm-hmm. help with all of a sudden, oh, wow, there's a seller who's interested in maybe having a conversation in a few months to, oh, I got referred a buyer. And business began to become busy pretty quickly and so yeah yeah keep going no so
0: with the knocking on doors thing you got to back up because you've got people I mean you've got people telling like the all the, the aren't you embarrassed like you know is that you or it's just that whole demoralizing scenario so what kept you going and how long did it take and how did that like how did it become successful to do that
1: yeah, so uh, what kept me going was the fact that I didn't have a choice. And I think that, you know, it, it's, it's really important in my mind to always put yourself in a position, whether you have a choice or not, to be in the mind frame of I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. There is no other option. I have burned my bridges and, I, and I've got to continue to move forward. And, um, you know, there, there's great books like Think and Grow Rich or uh success through a positive mental attitude or whatever it may be but in all of these little learnings you know there's a common denominator and it's that you you've got to just keep plowing through no matter what yeah in good times and in bad and good times you do it to build momentum and bad times you do it because you just got to get by and yeah. so for me it, it just came down to you know you, you've just got to endure and you've got to go through it and have the fortitude and so for me i i just went through now how did i deal with the responses of aren't you embarrassed or get off my lawn or whatever it may be. Yeah, it was humiliating, especially in a town that I grew up in. Uh, And I'm not trying to create this like, woe is me story, but it really was a pretty dark time. Uh, And you just have to put a smile on and suit up and show up every day. And then that led to, I got a listing on a premier block in Beverly Hills.
0: um, From knocking on doors.
1: From knocking on doors. How
0: many knocks did it take?
1: You know, I unfortunately, I wasn't tracking it at that time, but if I'm being honest, I, 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 like I think it was about 20. And, and then that led to, and I don't want to get anyone That's over excited over here. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah. I do, do that today if, if those were the, the metrics to kind of build by. But that property ended up being a corner lot property on one of the premier locations in all of Beverly Hills. And that led to, of course, open houses, to buyers, to other, to marketing opportunities, to talk about that listing, to selling the property, to, you know, so on and so forth. And then obviously that, that's when I decided to kind of build my team up. And uh, I, I just came from that world. I had a large team before, and it was easy for me to kind of re, uh, reignite those same processes and, and ultimately translate it over to real estate.
0: Wow. So tell us a little bit about Get, going back and, and I don't want to miss anything about your story. So you sure. literally just did a fast forward start by knocking on doors because yep. eventually somebody, I'll tell you, I'm not a big door knocker. And as a woman, I think I feel a little bit more vulnerable, but I'll never forget one day somebody knocked on our door, even though I'm a real estate agent. And my husband was like, you know, like I'd probably hire that guy if we were going to sell our house. Cause he's willing to do that. Like he's going to work hard. I was like, yeah, even though that's not, I'm not a, I'm still like, you know, but it's a hard, but it's just interesting. It's like, find what you can do, how you can do it. What do you, what do you, what's your goal? How fast you have to get there and just, just go through it and just do it.
1: That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. And and I think that for me, uh, I get the thrill of actually, uh, yeah, you, you suffer and you face humiliation and you have to deal with, with, you know, the highs and the lows, but at the end of the day, I love connecting with people. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you just have to play the part. And uh, depending on the personality of who you're kind of talking to, you've got to just find the right path to, to, mm-hmm. to have dialogue with them. And whether that's by cold calling, which I also actually love to do, I find that love to
0: cold call? Oh, like, he, this great. interview is getting worse and worse. No, Sorry. No,
1: no, I'm telling you, it's great. It's great. I would love to just spend days cold calling. Because, Are you serious? Well, you can hide behind the phone. You know, you can actually kind of create a character and create a story and they're not going to have to sit and talk to you. And I find that fascinating. Um, It's to me, you just got to find the one thing that you're really good at. It doesn't have to be two or three. It's just the one that you can commit to doing. And that's the same thing that I tell my agents. You don't have to go out door knocking. You don't have to go out cold calling. But if you're going to be sending mailers, be consistent with sending your mailers or if you're going to be good at it being a networker, be the best at what you do and own it. Own it no matter what. So, uh, Ari,
0: right, what's your thing?
1: Well, now, uh, now I'm kind of leaning more into my network. Uh, now I'm really kind of following up the people that I'm currently already new doing business with and just making sure that we provide such a superior level of service to where they will tell their friends or they will tell family or, or or whoever, so that we can capture that business as well. Um, the point of building a team for me is not about building it to say that we're a large team. It's to create an organization that is so fluid and is so strong that for the same kind of commission percentage, as an example, mm-hmm. 2.5% or 3%, we charge you versus what a standalone agent would, we wanna say that you're gonna be getting so much value from our operation and what we're doing that you would never think to look another way, especially when the costs are virtually the same. So, mm-hmm. so that, that for me really is kind of uh, where I, you know, why I wanna to continue to grow the team and why I wanna to continue to build the team so that we, we can provide a superior level of service. Although I don't know if that was the question you were
0: asking. It was because I've got, I wanna ask about the, I kinda of wanna ask about the cold calling too. Yeah, I want to I'm gonna have a question about the team. But first, let's just for a minute touch on this cold calling. Like, especially because everybody does it. I mean, I have more cold calls in a day than I can count. It's horrible. Like, how do you become a good, like, what makes a good cold caller? What yeah. makes you good at it?
1: You know, you, you have a window.
0: Or do you just think it's fun?
1: Well, both, both. I really do. But but you've got a window. That window is, is that the minute that somebody says hello, or yes, or whatever it may be you have three seconds to absolutely capture their attention. And then from there, you've got to let them know that you are here to, I hate saying you're here to provide a service, but you're here to basically, if they understood the position that you were in and why you're doing what you're doing, they would soften up their approach a lot more and they would open up a little bit more. If they thought that their kid had to do this to basically provide a living for their family, I would never hang up on that person yeah so even when when telemarketers call me now if they're nice not only will i talk to them but i will also let them know that i appreciate them and that i respect them and to keep doing what they're doing i really do you know just don't
0: give them my phone number
1: no i already did i already did uh but but it's it's one of those things where look, we all provide a service. Some people cut hair, some people wash cars, some people do whatever. And it's like, if I went to the, to the guy who, who okay. just cleaned my car and I was like, you jerk, right. you did, you know, you didn't clean the tires. I mean, it's,
0: but here's what I want to know. That's fine. But that's just tell me why you're nice to cold callers. Why are you good at cold calling?
1: Well, I, I think that what, I what makes it,
0: what makes you good at it? And then we're going to talk about the team.
1: No fair. So, so I'm able to get to that place very quickly to where they understand that my intentions are, are good.
0: When, how, you, how do you do that?
1: Well, you just say, listen, I just want to let you know that I, I'm only here to be of service and I wanted to provide you with some information that is directly correlated to your property. And, you know, with this information, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're going to play that over and over. Like, we're going to get a clip and just pay it over and over. Because yeah. how do you do a cold call? That's it. You just did it. Yeah, no,
1: that's it. Because it's like you have to put yourself in the mindset of you're here to be of service in any line right. of work that you do, right? You, yeah. you are here in this life to be of service to other people. And the, the, the vertical of business that we're in right now is that we're here to help people find a home and sell a home. And the home means so much to so many people. So in our line of work, it's our responsibility to be the best representation of these people on both sides of the equation to the best of our abilities. And, it, and, and so in that conversation that I'm having with the seller, it's a matter of me trying to communicate my intent within that short window of time. And by the way, 99 people will tell me to go find another career. And in fact, and I hate sharing this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, early on, I got, <laughs> I got told by a, uh, by a really prominent local developer. He says, you know, you should stick to selling used cars. I've never sold a used car in my life. But it was one of those things to where, you know, that's enough to go retire and start a jet ski company in in the Caribbean or something, you know, and just say, forget this. But that's part of it. It's part of the 99, you know, and then you just get to that one. I mean, that was the mindset. Uh, And so,
0: yeah. You're like a very engaging, funny, you know, you connect. So you find your way.
1: But you find your way and I find my way and any agent has to find their way. And that's the point. You're not because... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Harvard MBA. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can I can articulate I, I can articulate my points uh, in a pretty cohesive way to where they get it, and right. that's all that it is. And and they know that I'm a good person, and that's all that it is.
0: Well, and you're gonna get them what they want. Like in your in that in that, that script, which you weren't really doing as a script, you yeah. talked about you was about what they needed.
1: You know, I heard one thing one time, and, and I know we'll probably like move on to the other things because your, your time is limited too. But I guess yeah, I'm on
0: yours is really limited. And I want to get in this team step, but go. Yeah. yeah hear
1: but, this. but I heard one thing one time, and I don't remember how old I was, but I heard it and it never left me. And it's that people can hear a smile. People can hear a smile. True. Hear a smile on a phone. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, somebody can hear the difference between this. And they can hear the difference between this and the energy is lighter yeah. and it's different. And that, yeah. that, that is also true for you in person and, and, and when you're talking to somebody. Um, and it's true when you're cold calling somebody. And it's true when, you know, your, your energy is, is, is very important. So I think that for me, and that's a whole other conversation about the things that I do to kind of keep that, that side of my life intact. But yeah, you got to take care of yourself mentally so that you can be prepared for that next opportunity.
0: Well, it's this a big Tony Robbins thing. He's always like, control your state, control your state. It's all about your state of mind. He's yeah, there. I
1: mean, I, I don't know about his programs, but but I know about what, about what he's about. Yeah. And you've got to double up on yourself every day,
0: mm-hmm. you know? So speaking of now yourself, let's talk about your team. Yep. How you set that up, because I say this, a lot on the show, but we get more calls about how to structure a team. And you have run a 200 person company in the past. And now you've got a 20 person real estate team, which is huge for a real estate agent. How did that evolve? How does it work? How is it so efficient? And usually it's like you either need to be small or huge in this business. And you're kind of that in between that's working.
1: Yeah. So I will tell you that I may have stood to benefit by having a great template to play with from coming from my previous life um, in terms of the org chart, so to speak, and how an operation is supposed to run and what is the ideal setup. I actually will tell you that I don't have the answer. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is is that if I can apply some of the same areas of success that worked in a previous company uh, and apply them to any industry, and you have a level of commitment where you are not going to stop no matter what,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're gonna win, you know, you're, you're gonna win. And so I took similar aspects of my previous company with, with the setup of the assistants and, and um, uh, the directors of whatever division, and I'm applying that to real estate. And, you know, the problem that I have is the vision, and the ambition and what I just want for myself in life. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps me going and what keeps me up late at night all the time. I mean, I'm firing emails at two, three in the morning and, you know, I yeah. wouldn't have it Ask any other my
0: way. team, they know about that. Yeah. I mean, that's all of us. Yeah. So so tell us, the thing that keeps it going is the vision ambition, but how, you're, you're, so your team is structured of 15 agents plus you, mm-hmm. and then you've got the operations person for assistance, operations?
1: Sales, marketing, Sales. and admin. Sales
0: director, of marketing, and admin. And admin is someone who's there. What does that oh, like
1: mean? Like, so, sign needs to get set up, photos okay. to be set up, inspection set up, sometimes sit at you know at an inspection or sit at a photo shoot or uh, order marketing material or get mailers out. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: So how did you come up with these roles? I just
1: thought to myself, look, I'm trying to build, for lack of better words, a a brokerage within a brokerage. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I am an agent, what would I feel? If I'm an agent on a team, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what would I say to myself is the company that is providing me with everything I can to succeed? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those things? And so in my mind, I would want a great in-house marketing person I would want a great support staff to help me with whenever I need something printed or whatever, whatever it is, however you know, large or trivial the task may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want somebody to make sure that the operation is running properly. I would want a, an agent to go with me on listing appointments if needed. And I would want somebody to help coach me day to day and help mm-hmm. me make sure that I'm hitting my goals. And so separate from that, yeah, everything else is really like a luxury. But those are the bare necessities that I feel are critical Mm -hmm. uh, for you to run a proper operation from everyone's perspective. Um, I don't want to, you know, yeah. So I can really dive deep into that. Maybe we'll save that for another conversation. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Well, I'm going to, I want to run through each role and kind of ask you, but before I do that, should we talk about the agents on your team or do they, how do you, how do they kind of just do their own business and win their own business? Do you feed them business? How are, what's their experience? And let's go back and how, and how the, the, these four roles support them and you.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's funny. I was watching Jerry Maguire, you know, the movie the other day, yes. and I was thinking to myself, like, I remember many times when I was just starting to try and recruit agents. I was like, that was what I was like. I was like, who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? You know, I was like trying to bring agents on board to believe in this vision, even though I didn't do any business.
2: Right. And,
1: uh, and so I was trying to get people who just bought into this crazy belief that I had and vision of like what will be. But now, so that's what it started with. And, and I have to tell you the best people that I have are the people who were with me from the very beginning. Not that they're not all the best, but like I have a very special place in my heart for those people. Um, because they were there from the beginning and they saw what the, you know, progression looked like. Uh, Um, but now when we look for agents, we look at agents who are specific to hyperlocal markets, who are specialists, who are seasoned, and that they have an ability to take a sale from A to Z entirely on their own. And we will, it's a combination in terms of the business. We will feed them business wherever opportunities present themselves, but they Mm -hmm. are also bringing in their own business and they're using our brand. And, you know, last year we did about 130 million in sales. So they're now taking that to the listing presentations that they go on. And when they go door knocking, they're able to kind of use that as as, uh, tools, right, to help them convert.
0: So seasoned agents, what I think a lot of people, there's this mindset of when you build a team, you have not not a knock on million dollar real estate agent because it's highly recommended by many of our guests, but there is kind of this, and maybe I read it wrong. So y'all correct me if I did, but the model, one of the models I know is you've kind of gotten the superstar agent and you're just bringing on buyer's agents and just, you know, letting the buyer, give it, feeding them leads. And that it's not necessarily something that is structured around supporting seasoned agents, which I think is more of what you're doing and what I've got going on as well. Um, but How do you attract and retain seasoned agents on your team?
1: I would, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that I've got the secret formula to everything. But what I will tell you is, is that what I find is when you recruit early on and you understand Mm -hmm. that there is an expectation around alignment of expectations and who you are and what your expectations are of them, not just in the short term, but in the future as well, I'm very clear with everyone that I'm going to invest in people if I feel like they're going to invest in the company long-term, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't tolerate ego, you know, Um, we've had situations in the past where people just want to be the name on the sign and they, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, they want to be the big shot person and that's not the team that we're building. You know, I I don't, uh, I shy away from doing a lot of things that probably would stand to benefit our business by being a lot more present, but like, we're not that kind of a company. We, We turn away the opportunities of being on t- to be on TV shows because that's just not. It works for some really well and it's great, but that's not what we're about. We're about hardworking, cohesive. You know, l- l- last Friday we celebrated my operations manager's birthday, and you know we we had pizza and cake at the office, and then you know we treated the the women on the team to go and get manicures, and the guys on the team went to go play golf. And it was fun, and it was just a great time and very collaborative. And and that's that's the kind of environment that I want to build and create and be a part of. Because if I was an agent, that's exactly what I would want to be doing. Yeah. Um, So, how do you retain talent? Look, you're just you got to be honest with them, and you got to you know, if at a certain point in time an agent just feels like they have have outgrown your opportunity of what you've created then that is a reflection on you as a leader to say that you have not been able to provide enough, enough opportunity to make them believe in the future mm-hmm. growth. And so, so that's happened to me in the past. And mm-hmm. every time that's happened, I've found that it's happened in moments where I've been so distracted by other things that I haven't been focused on, you know, the individuals. And uh, everything in life happens for a reason. So, so I
0: think a lot of these answers are going to come out of what these people do. But a lot of it, it sounds like is listening and understanding what they need to support them and continue to, to, you know, help them grow towards their goals. But in the beginning, recruiting people who are aligned with your values and what is important to you and how to do real estate. Does that kind of...
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's exactly right. Everyone's needs are completely different, too. Mm-hmm. You know, people are different. People... You know, old souls, new souls, you know, love love different things in life and it's to each his own. But I think that what we're trying to do is just identify through the interview process. Do we have a common denominator amongst these people who we're bringing in that we can rely on in the future? And are we clear enough out the gate about the opportunity that we're going to provide them with? Because Mm -hmm. we don't want to misrepresent our intentions to them or what we plan on doing so that there's not a two-year conversation down the road of, oh, I thought it was gonna be something else.
0: Yeah, so you just said, do we have a common denominator among the agents? What is the common denominator of all the agents on your team?
1: Good people, you gotta be a good person. Uh, I know that that's like, oh, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Like, no. Everybody
0: thinks they're a good person.
1: Yeah, you know, but I think that uh, I can, look, the one thing that I've really leaned on in life is intuition. And mm-hmm. my feeling on things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've been wrong, of course, but in other times I I I've I knew it, I just never said it. And it yeah. ended up biting me. Yeah. You know, and and for me, I think that a good person, you know, I I've I've taken chances on people in the past, not just in real estate, but in the past where they may have had a dicey past, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe that it was a circumstance of their surroundings. And so my goal is to basically provide people with the right surrounding and see, is it a surrounding, is it, is it an environment issue, or is it a person issue? And, um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of, that, that's another passion of mine. Well, is. how
0: does that usually turn out? That's what I want to know. Um,
1: it, you know, it, it, the, the, the emotional side of me is to say that even the 20% of wins that I've had, have been, have been rewarding enough for me to want to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see a turnaround in somebody's life and it's just like, that's awesome. You, mm-hmm. you just feel great about being able to kind of turn somebody's whole story around. Uh, but yeah, you know, it doesn't always work out and that's yeah. okay too. I think that if you your, your business is predicated on, on getting people like that, uh, and succeeding, you know, you gotta head. You gotta head yourself a little bit.
0: Yeah, and look, look, yeah, well, exactly. I think you, that answers it. You've got to look at the track record, but that doesn't mean you don't give some people a chance. Yeah. Um, team, so where should marketing, support, operations, sales director, and you? Where do you want to start? and what is the role? Let's take a couple of minutes on each one, because um, I don't want to rush out of this interview at the end and miss anything good. Sure. So how did you sum up like, and then you gave us the gist, but I want to really know like what is the job description or how does it really apply to these agents? Give us a little more. Me.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, in terms of the internal staff, so to speak, uh, sales director his day to day. I mean, we, we've got Google sheets, like all up and down we've got CRM, but he has tabs upon those Google sheets that are, uh, Ultimately, tracking every individual agent they're prospecting for that week, their targets for that week, their goals. Google for Sheets? Yeah, I'll show That's you it. Lo-
0: what about like Contactually Pipeline or something? Yeah,
1: I've gone through those and it doesn't kind of provide the information in the exact way that I want. Um, so I'm actually working. Not even
0: on- the pipeline? Did you try the pipeline?
1: Yeah, I tried. Pipeline was actually the first CRM that I tried.
0: No, yeah. pipeline, the pipeline in Contactually is like two upgrades into Contactually. Anyway, this is. Oh,
1: I well, I think compass just buckets actually, right?
0: But we don't have the pipeline on the, cont- not yet.
1: All right. No, yeah. the
0: compass CRM. We're, I'm, when I see you in San Diego, I'll show you what I'm talking about, but back to you. Yeah, sorry. Cause that's a lot to track in a Google spreadsheet. It
1: is. And it kind of drives them crazy. But at the end of the day, until we have an absolutely perfect machine, uh, it's just part of what we have to do. And um, I'm going to look into that other one, but I, I, I think that, the goal is, is for me to be able to get reports on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on exactly how performance is. And, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're, we're helping the, perform- the agents who are underperforming. You know, what, what is the reason? Is it because we've given them leads and those leads were bad? Is it because the leads that we've given them, they just haven't been able to convert? Is it because they've gone out prospecting and, and they have had a bad streak? Uh, or is it because they're just not uh, providing any initiative at, at all? initiative at all. So
0: what, when you track, and these reports, what do they track? Do they track their activities, their results?
1: Yeah. What activities and what results? I mean, it's down to how many social media posts are you posting? Um, It's a bit of micromanaging. I'm just putting my charger in so so my computer doesn't die, but it's uh, it's a bit of micromanaging. uh, and, And depending on the personality of the agent, you know, we can, we can uh, scale that up or scale it down however much they want. If they're the kind of agent who says, listen, you don't need to check in with me as much, cool. Go do your thing. But we've got a minimum per agent per year, which translates down to a minimum per agent per month. And that minimum is 15 million per year per agent, which translates to 1.25 million per agent per month. And they can do that by sitting at a park and you know playing bridge. Uh, and and handing out cards while people are walking by or they can do that by going to networking or cold calling or going, I don't care, but just get it done. You know, otherwise we're going to have to kind of stay on you to make sure, because we've got a finite number of seats on the bench for our team, uh, on the bus, whatever you want to phrase it. And you have to kind of carry your own.
0: So you've got, so share with us, and then we, that's the sales director's job. But so you've got like social media posts, open houses, calls, cold calls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, leads that, that they've gotten for the week. Last time that they contacted. Contracts that on. Yeah. Uh, escrows, offers written, uh, forecasted revenue. Um,
0: okay, will, you, will you share this sheet with me? Yeah. I want this for I my will. team. I will. Yeah. Seriously.
1: I'll, I'll share everything with you.
0: Okay. Um, that's awesome. So number one, that's so the sales director is basically just in the sales director, does the, does the sales director have meetings with these guys? And oh, yeah. Like he's one-on-one, he's got one, like, he's got one, a, like one-on-one. a coach.
1: That's right. It's an in-house sales coach. Okay. sales coach.
0: Love it. Okay, so you've got that. And then you've got, what do we talk about next? Marketing, support, or operations? Yeah,
1: so operations manager, you know, within the organization, I'm like drawing this out as I'm talking to you, but within the organization, mm-hmm. we have you know, you got marketing, you have admin, you have sales, you have um, ancillary items, you've got the P&Ls, right? Like the, are, are we profitable this month or are we not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so are we going to be profitable next month based off of the business that we currently have coming in, offers written and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so that's a business to manage. It's a business to stay on top of because right now, my goal for me, at least for this year is to be a great agent to where I'm able to service all of my clients as they come to me so that I don't have to be distracted with the day-to-day of the operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can get a quick snapshot on the you know operation as a whole by just going into one of these docs and seeing how are, how are we gonna be performing this quarter over last quarter, last year uh, or over Q1 of 2019 versus 2018? What is our growth as a percentage year over year? And are we headed in the right direction? Um, so
0: the operations manager, it sounds like they're doing a lot of spreadsheets, but they're also making sure everybody's like the checklist for the listings and the con- I mean, like, how are you doing this? Is it like everybody knows what their job is and they're executing on it and they're holding them accountable and support or? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: I think that the expectations have been set, the templates have been created, so they're just entering information as it comes in uh, or, you know, if something else is needed, then they kind of bring it up. But at the end of the day, it's it's a formula that's worked for 30, 40, 50, 100 years in this business and we're yeah. just kind of staying organized.
0: So yeah. operations manager, they're the ones that meet with the marketing, the support staff and... Um, the sales director and you probably just to yeah. say, hey, here's what we're doing. Yeah, here's the making pulse sure the that that making sure the spreadsheets are. I mean, is it making sure like when you get a listing, everything gets executed on time, that kind of a thing? Or yeah,
1: it- yeah, and also that transactions of deals going on in escrow. Uh, who do we need a queue in to make sure that things get smoothed over? Um,
0: okay,
1: just looking at the status and the health of the operation as a whole going into every single department, making sure that they are fully optimized. Um, and that way I'm not going to have to have these one-on-ones with a marketing lead or the sales director or the admin right. on the team who's critical to our operation. But, you know, did photos get taken, you know, the other day?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it, it becomes a pretty cumbersome kind of task. Yes, do. it
0: does. Cause that's what I'm doing right now. So how do you, how do you know what kind of person is The best for the operations job what's their background when they're good at it i like this uh
1: well it's it's a great so i think that convention will tell you one thing but my my belief is is that it's always best to kind of uh hire from within Mm -hmm. and and to promote from within and so Mm -hmm. my current uh my current operations manager actually started as as my assistant uh, but because she's been with me now for over three years, she now understands how we've gotten to where we are. So I can't think of a person who's better for the role than her, uh, because she knows the business as well as I do. Um, but I think ideally, you just want to find somebody who's aligned with with what your expectations are for you on a daily basis. And you know, I, I I've got a certain order of how I like to have things done. And. What? And they well, get I think
0: it's understanding how it grew, understanding the why, like, this is why you're doing something this way. I know I find sometimes when I'm growing a team, they're like, well, we don't need to do it that way. Like, what does right. it matter? Right? right. But there's a why in history and, you know, the repercussions of not doing it a certain way that, you know, that for what our values are and what we deliver our client, this is the way, this is the action steps that best reap those results.
1: Yeah. And it's different for everyone. Yeah. You know, there's no, I mean, Gary Keller wrote a, wrote, wrote a couple books on it. You know, the, the, one, the one thing is another one of his books. And yeah, I Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their different perspective on how to handle, there's no right or wrong. If it works for you, it works and do it. Uh, everyone's got their own path and their own angle on how to become successful. But for me, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm just freakishly obsessed with, not stopping and being overly organized and making sure that systems are in place. And, you know, I I can live in that world or I can live in the world of growing the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I wish I could kind of replicate myself and have that, but I've got great people who get me and they understand me and they, you know, they're leaders in their own right.
0: That's awesome. So that's, we, we went over sales director operations. We've got marketing and support stuff in the, support for staff or support staff marketing
1: should we do that one yeah so i you know marketing is a bit of a hybrid approach for now but i think ultimately what i'm going to be looking for is an architect of all of my marketing so Mm -hmm. somebody who is able to say here are the different aspects of marketing that we can run from mailers to social to you know um, display ads to whatever it may be Here's our cost associated with every single initiative. Here's the ROI on every initiative. I'm finding that you know, in the spring of 2017, we saw a drastic uptick in conversion in social. Let's commit more in social because I noticed the same trend in 2018 in the spring. Clearly, there's a trend over there. Um, we should invest more money into doing that versus in mailers where we've spent $10,000 per month, let's just call it, and yet we've only gotten a 2% conversion on the, I, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, here's what we should be doing and then send it to me for approval, I give the go ahead. They then send that information off to the respective teams who are responsible for creating the collateral and the creative. And then like a uh, machine, things just kind of get pushed out.
0: So, the, uh, so So the marketing person does the strategy, the plan, they look at the track record and what things in the past have re- to come up with the strategy and plan moving forward. And then do they create the concept and someone else makes it tangible? Yeah, or-
1: so, so we've outsourced some of our marketing material in the past, just for the sake of velocity. Um, but I think ultimately, and not, not to uh, you know, plug compass too much over here, but you know, they've got yeah. the marketing center. Uh, yeah. So it's, pretty much you click a couple buttons and, and and you know you need mailers sent out cool drag and drop yeah. and send yeah. um, but but you know ultimately it's kind of somebody who is the quarterback of every single position within their respective lanes
0: mm-hmm. and what does
1: that mean to own your position and to own that world is you're the director of marketing you're going to have people that come up with the graphic design work you're going to have people who come up with the content work whatever it may be but you own the entire department yeah. Um, like any large company really what I would imagine view that they their they heads of their, uh, you know, departments. I'm kind of looking at it in the same way. Yeah. If deadlines didn't get met, then it falls on the head of whoever is responsible for that particular area of the company.
0: So, so every, every team member has, this is my priority and these are the deadlines that I'm accountable to.
1: Yeah.
0: Do they know how to do one another's jobs if somebody checks out or gets sick? Or how do you handle uh,
1: that? <laughs> with the exception of marketing, yes. I mean, for, for some aspects of marketing. I mean, I think, you know, it's not complicated to order flyers or whatever, prints, yeah. but yeah, I mean, running... Well,
0: operations a- is the one who just makes sure somebody does it. That's the nice yeah. thing about operations, about that role. So, so you said you've got an admin or support staff person... How does that? So that's basically, and the operations person probably oversees them on when signs go out, when get flyers out, get yep. maybe they help do assist for show, showing listings as needed and things like that. Or do they not? Yeah, go there? I,
1: I I try to lean away from that, but if it's if it's absolutely necessary, then they'll show up.
0: What uh, about open houses? Who does those?
1: No, uh, we do. I mean, I I sit at open houses if I can, or agents on our team will will do.
0: Okay,
1: uh, my sales director will sit at them as well. He actually was looking at an open house yesterday.
0: And that's the perfect person to do it. So, and who, when the leads come in, the sales director oversees those and feeds those out depending on production and how quickly they, their availability and all that stuff. Correct. Okay. This is awesome. Okay. And then the the last one is you. So what's your role on the team? Are you just Uh, another agent on the team or?
1: You know, it's, if I look at, to to put it into simple terms, the operations manager, COO, sales director, you know, head of sales, you need a CEO to constantly guide the company and to build and move the company forward and have the vision and like know why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going. Mm -hmm. And part of that right now for me is that's half of me is Mm -hmm. the vision side. And the other side is, is yeah, I've got to be an agent. I have to be, you know, the agent that is still doing the deals, that is still very active in, with his clients, that is focused on his clients, um, and that his clients know that I'm not distracted by the operation side, because that's being handled by all the best people.
0: Awesome, so any tips on with 20, you've already explained it, but here's what I'm gonna say.
2: Yep. With,
0: with 15 agents and your own clients, and four people that you've hired to oversee everything, there's a lot that can go wrong. How? What's the secret to making sure it doesn't?
1: Uh, 2 a.m. text messages and, and, and emails, <laughs> over-communicating things, and just being overly clear on what are our targets and what are we shooting to, to achieve this week, and then constantly reviewing that throughout the week, and as new things come up, adding that to the um, total list and... Just staying on top of it you know i think that it comes down to the people really because you can talk goals all you want you can talk about objectives and uh you know flash reports and uh w- 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 whatever you want to kind of label it as but at the end of the day if you don't have the people who are capable of actually executing you're going to be stuck with a big business and you know you're going to have to deal with it all yourself mm-hmm. so I think that I, I invest heavily in the people. They invest heavily in the operation, and we've got a good company. It's a little company, but it's good.
0: So um, I had another question. I forgot what it was, but it was more about the people. How do you know? How do you know when you have the right people? Uh, and then I know, have my final three for you. Yeah. So
1: I got it. That is a great question, and uh, especially when you first onboard someone, there's the honeymoon phase. You know, it's like, all right, you know, you do your thing. I'm going to kind of let you handle things in the way that you normally would. You clearly know what we've, we've got to achieve. Uh, and then ultimately it just comes down to spending enough time with someone and mm-hmm. get it. I don't know about you, but but you sound like the kind of person and you've seemed in, in all of our interactions, like you get somebody, you know, you, mm-hmm. you understand who they are without really doing a deep dive. Mm hmm. I feel like I have that ability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I give leeway wherever I can and wherever I have to. But at the end of the day, if you're a good person, if you're committed to the vision, and um, you know, you you just are are willing to commit yourself to to the to the operation, uh, I, I will keep you know I will keep investing in you.
0: And I love what you said about hiring from within. I think that speaks a lot to. Sometimes it's easy to go outside the company as if the problem's out, I mean, the, not the problem, the solution's out there. Usually the solution's already with you. Yeah. And the people within your company, as long as you tell me, but I think if they're the right people and they align with your vision, do you find that's where a lot of your answer is and where they learn and grow with you?
1: For the most part, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think that if wherever you can do it that way, um, mm-hmm. I think that where it can get tricky is, is where you take chances on people at the expense of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at a business that's in a very fragile state and you're still trying to grow and two misses may actually really put you in a bad position as a company mm-hmm. as a whole. So I think do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do it because you're, you've got a warm and fuzzy heart. Do it because you really believe in this person and you really want to give this a fair opportunity to try and not just see them grow, but help the company grow too. And if you can't find that from within, that's perfectly fine. Then that's when you go and look outside. And, and for me, you know, we've done that on several occasions in the past and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: It's great advice.
1: Just got to keep rolling the dice.
0: I've got the final three questions for you. Yes. Number one, what have you found is the most powerful tool in your business and running your team? It could be your Google Sheets or a CRM or a book. Not a book, because that's the next question. Um, uh, or an event you've held or a way of doing business? I mean, like anything. Our
1: power, most powerful tool that has gotten us to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, it, it, this is cheesy as, you know what, but it's it's the quality of people. Uh, yeah. It really is. It's It's the quality of people that you know, that, that we have that have just, you can't buy that. Mm -hmm. It's not a technology. It's not some SaaS software. It's not an event. It's the quality of people that have stuck with us that has allowed us to get to where we are. It's not, yeah.
0: A quote comes to mind when you say that, that I don't remember where I saw it. It was in the last couple of weeks, but it really resonated. It said a great leader doesn't show their team how great they are. It shows their team how great they are. Yeah. So you've got quality people, but you said investing in people, quality people, but I think, fee, you know, any, that resonated for me. How does that resonate for you?
1: Oh, I mean, to me, it's the most important thing. I, I can, look, at the end of the day, I, I think that I could be just as happy doing a different line of work as long as I was surrounded with good people, you know, yeah. um, I would love to say that the number one tool has been I invest heavily in sending out mailers three times a week and it's just great. But the reality is, is like, even if you do that, and you've got horrible people that are cannibalizing your business internally.
0: Then it's just expensive.
1: It's just, yeah, it's just added expenses to a a business that will never succeed. So Mm -hmm. I I put the team and investing in the team and just letting them know. I mean, I tell them from time to time, they may get weirded up. And I'm like, I love you guys. I love you, you know. They're like,
0: Oh, uh, we have nicknames and everything. You don't even want yeah. to know. I mean, uh,
1: we yeah we yeah.
0: We we won't. Well, I, my favorite nickname on the team, and I'm not going to say who it is, but this person we all know who it is on the team. But butterfly.
1: Wow, is that is that a man? Because or the
0: butterfly is a is a caterpillar first, and then they rise to the top. Yeah. And you don't really see them coming. That's our butterfly.
1: Although the butterflies have well, it's another cover story. It's, oh it's no. A, yeah. Well, we've got
0: butterfly. We've got Coco. We've got Lowo. We've I've
1: got. got... I, uh, I've got an agent on my team. I just gave him the nickname Hawk because he's oh, like yeah. Hawk, and he goes in for you know. I, I've got a ha- a hacksaw, uh, chainsaw. Oh, no. Like, well, yeah, but um,
0: I love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: but we're we're definitely we're we're a fun team. It's a little bit oh, like Top Gun. Awesome.
0: All right, next question. What's one book we have to read if you're going to recommend one?
1: Um, non real estate related, I say Siddhartha or the alchemist. Oh,
0: very ph- philosophical, yeah, kind I of mean, Buddhist. Right? Is it that's like I, I have yeah, it, no, just, I it's know it's just it.
1: it's about a man, you know, or a woman who's going out in the world and not understanding. I guess one of my favorite quotes of all time is Steve Jobs You can only connect the dots looking back. I, yes, I, I watch that, yeah. but I mean, it's like some version of that, and um. Yeah. I think that when you go out into the world, you can have a plan. You can you know, set out to achieve whatever you want, but things happen in their own magical ways for their own reasons, and you don't necessarily always know the reasons why when they, when they happen, but you meet very interesting people along the way. Those people lead to things that you would have never expected. And so it's just about keeping faith and, and believing that you know, things are gonna work out. You just gotta, your, your part in all of it is, is that you really have to see it. You gotta, man, I'm a big manifester. I'm a big, you know, my, my friend makes fun of me. He's like, oh, you've got your cute vision board over there. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I get, I, I, yeah. You're doing but, all
0: right for it,
1: yeah. No, but you know, honestly speaking, that, that's so much of what I've done for myself. I wake up in the morning, I meditate, gratitude list, get the mind right, really see what I want out of life, and uh, and I go for it.
0: So tell us about the meditation. How, what, what kind of meditation do you have like an app, or or is it Vipassana, or what is the meditation? There are all kinds. What kind do you do? Yeah, there, there's I think like, my sister does. I think it's Vipassana. She, she listens to the show, actually. She's one of my biggest fans and biggest critics. Oh, so wow. she'll correct me later. But um, uh, what kind of meditation? I,
1: I just do quiet the mind, visualize your day, if you have the ability to, and sometimes I've got my, you know, little kid coming in the room and slapping me in the face while I'm like mid, mid meditation. But if you're able to set aside enough time to where you can think about your day and you visualize the interactions with the people that you're going to have during the day, how's the meeting going to go? What are they going to be saying? How's my response to what they're going to be saying going? And actually see success out of every single interaction. That's step one. And then if you could take that to how does my week look? How does my month look? That is my year look, you know. That's when you really start to. Oh yeah, I remember when I thought about this this morning. And then, after that, I just do a gratitude list that I write down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a friend of mine, I'm gonna give him a shout out. Uh, he sent me this um, this text yesterday, and I'm just gonna share it because it just came, you know, out of nowhere, and it was it was awesome to read. It said. It is not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy.
0: Who Simple. sent the text?
1: His name is Darren Weinstock. Awesome guy.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. Right. Where did he get that from? Do we, are we going to quote you? Who are we going to quote on that? That's, I'm looking for I, a testimonial to post on social media like today. That's going to be it.
1: I'll try and find it, although I don't. I, I don't, We'll just oh, give no. you credit, Ari. It says Valpha, V-A-L-P-H-A. I don't want to take another man's words, but I'd love to call them We'll give you
0: both some credit. Um, That's awesome. So last question. If there is one thing, if we're only going to remember one thing from this interview, what should it be?
1: One thing from this interview? Mm -hmm. Or at all. The fact fact that you've got great furniture that you... uh, (laughs)
2: <laughs> Stephen changed like said I'm the same here.
1: thing. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Stephen's a good guy. Um, you know, I think that the key is, is that you are a pretty selfless person for being as successful as you are and wanting to spend time to take success, successful tips and pieces that work for other people and share it, it's, it's the most selfless thing that I think people can do. I'm sure a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm not going to share those secrets with the audience, and I'm going to, you know, gonna, you know I divert them and, and head them into a different direction." But you're just constantly trying to pick the brain of people who have achieved some success, in some cases, some great success, and you just want to help share that information. I think that that will come back to you, and it continues to come back to you in a major way. And you're awesome for doing this.
0: That's not really answering the question. That was just complimenting. It
1: is though. It is though. You <laughs> Thank said it <what> is. <laughs> Yeah, that that's what I got from this. I got from that and you know, that I, I enjoyed having a, a, a great conversation with someone who I know and respect yeah. and yeah, I, I'll do this all day long and I'll I'll cold call with you and you know, this is easy. I'm
0: not cold calling. No, I'm not I'll, I'll forget that. Call. I'm I'm a terrible cold caller.
1: You door knock, I'll cold call.
0: Oh um, and not have a cold call before. Neither one. No you way. I work found work. my here's my strength in this business. I found my way into this business and got it. I, found, I figured out how to do that. Actually, I did make a couple of cold calls, and one yeah. of my best clients came out of a cold call. I'm going to eat my words now, but I figured out really quickly how to not have to do that anymore. Let's just say that because it's not fun.
1: You do what works for you. You do you.
0: Oh, I love it. So, yeah. like, guys, like, I'm here to feed, put out, and the give to everybody and like share. And you're just making me feel good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for being on the show, Ari. It was awesome having you. Thank
1: you you for making this happen and uh, looking forward to connecting soon.